0: Welcome to Anticdotes, a podcast where we hear from aunts who are making a difference in their nieces and nephews' lives, and who are learning life lessons along the way. Hear new ideas about how you can connect with your nieces and nephews and become the favorite aunt. I'm your host, Heidi Fry, An executive assistant by day, and a podcast host and producer by night, Getting to know others and meeting new people, I guess you could say, is a thing for Deborah Coleman. Being naturally chatty and curious, she hardly shies away from an opportunity to meet new people and form connections. Have a Seat, Conversations with Women in the Workplace podcast, was created as a way to engage with other women in weekly conversations to share career journeys and stories in a fun and supportive way. Debra truly believes we all have a unique story to tell. We add value in what we do and are rock stars in our own right. And she's excited to bring these conversations to her audience every week. Today we are fortunate to have Debra in the auntie seat to share ways she is connecting with her five nieces and nephews between the ages of 20 and 33. Well, thank you, Deborah, for joining us today on anecdotes. And to start out, could you share what you enjoy most about being an ant? Oh my gosh, absolutely, Heidi. Thank
1: you so much for having me on the show. I just, I love what your show is about and I love the title. And thank you for, you know, giving us aunties a place to go to kind of share our stories. So this is going to be fun. I look forward to it. Let's see, what do I like most about being an ant? You know, my knee jerk reaction is just to say all of the fun and none of the responsibility. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I think we chatted about this a little bit before, but, um, I don't have kids of my own so I am an auntie to like my own family's kids but then like friends kids and everything but for my own nieces and nephews it's really nice to when they were younger to be around ever, all the kids in my family because then it felt like oh I was sort of like a mommy adjacent you know I was still very much involved in their lives their birthday parties their extracurricular you know all the sporting events and plays and musicals and you know, um, it just, it was really, I liked that most. So I think it's all the fun. And then I joke and say none of the responsibility, but you know, as an auntie, you do have, you know, certain things that you stand up for them for, or you help out your sibling, like if it's your sister or your brother, you know, whoever that their parent is to you, Um, you know, with the babysitting or the running them here and there, or um, I'm a godparent to two of my nieces and nephews. So it's, you know, there is a bit of responsibility there. I don't want to like totally dis- discredit that part of it, but it's mostly like 60, 40, like sixty percent fun and forty percent responsibility. <laughs> right. So, <fun.
0: laughs> yeah. And then your nieces and nephews are in their twenties and thirties. What is it like being an aunt to young adults, and how have you seen your relationship change over time? Yes. Oh, yeah. That is such a good question.
1: Um, you know, being an aunt to young adults is it's different. When again, when they were younger, it was all more about just kind of being there, being involved. As you get older, you really start to look at them through the lens of they're adults now, they're becoming, you know, you can kind of see them start to develop and become their own person. And as opposed to like when we were younger and maybe our relationships with our aunts, where like for me, it was my relationship with my aunts growing up was more like a secondary mom or like a secondary sort of... um gosh, um, I don't want to say guardian, but almost like a, you know, someone you answer to. I mean, they were fun and loving, but still there was that element of sort of like strictness, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And even as I got older, I still like, we're going to go to aunt so-and-so's house. Oh, okay. Even though you're older, you're maybe a teenager or a young adult yourself, you still like revert back to being that like eight-year-old who's like, oh my God, I'm at aunt so-and-so's house. Sit up straight. Don't put your feet on the furniture. Don't, you know what I mean? Like you fall (laughs) back, you know? And um, I'm sure it was like very generous. You know, of course, you know, when we were younger, it just was a different thing. So now... And taking that into account, I find myself more engaged in their life. Like, and I don't know again if it's just a generational thing or, or what, but it's like I'm picking more of an interest. I'm not so much wagging my finger in their face and saying, you need to, you need to. Why aren't you doing this? And why it's more of like, so where are you at? What are you doing? What are you up to? Oh, you're doing that for work or you're dating this person or you're going out to that concert or you need a place to crash. You can always come to my house, you know, if you don't want to go home, if it's too late, you know, you take on more of a, I don't dare. I say friend because I know that's like a danger. You know, you don't want to be their friend, but you know, someone that is interested in what they're doing and and less judgment and just more accepting. Because I think I would have appreciated that. My aunt's looking at me as like, "Oh, there is this young lady now. She's not eight years old anymore. She's eighteen. She's twenty five. You know, and meeting me where I am at." So that's kind of what it's like for me being an aunt to young adults. And then, my one other thing I would just throw in there as a tail end is I also try, I find like instinctually, I try to be a role model for them. Um, So they don't think everybody in my age group is one way. You know, I don't know how many um, like older adults they encounter throughout their day, their week, their months, but I try to be somebody that they can say, okay, well, Not everybody that age group is like that because my aunt's pretty cool or my aunt looks at things differently or, you know, so I try to be a role model in that way. But you're a realistic one. You know, I'm not, I don't have a halo or at least my halo (laughs) is a little crooked. So I don't try to sell them on the perfection. But so,
0: yeah. Yeah. I love those points. I know for me too, I have a couple of uh, niece and nephew that are in their twenties and it's so neat. Like my niece calls me and, Hey, you know, I'm getting this internship all figured out and just hearing their excitement and feeling like you're part of that journey and the next part of their life. So that's really cool. Absolutely. Perfectly put. Yep. Totally. And then uh, your nieces and nephews are throughout the country as well. So how do you manage those relationships with the distance? Right. Oh, I know. Sadly, they are like at some point, I don't know what happened, like a
1: light switch and everyone's just like, boom, gone. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I guess that's the side effect of, of, you know, them getting older. We all started out in Southern California in the Orange County area and then have since just flown different directions. So, I mean, I have to, you know, Say technology, of course, is like my best friend. I can text them, check up. Hey, just checking on you. How you doing? Everything good? You know, maybe jump on quick FaceTime call. Um, I've even started to record. Like I have an iPhone. So I started to record like little voice memos in the text area, like instead of typing. Yeah. Just, I know you want to hear my voice. So I'm just calling to say hello and eat your vegetables. Okay. Bye. You know, like, you know, just, (laughs) (laughs) so um really being open to that. And, and as a sidebar to that, yes, we rely on technology and texting and fun messages, but then I also don't get upset or try not to get upset if they don't respond right away. Right. Cause Mm. I know that's, a side argument to, no, I like to call because then I'm in in the conversation with them. But you know what? Rewind. Think back to when you were that age, you were like a run in full speed. And I can only imagine if my, if texting was a thing for me back then, I would be like, okay, great. Yeah. Hello, auntie. Okay. Gotta <laughs> go. You know, I wouldn't even like really respond until like a week later, you know? Yeah. So um, being patient also, if you don't get the risk, re- just because you're, you know, keeping that relationship alive through technology, don't set yourself up and think that you're going to get an immediate answer because, you know, again, circling back to our other question, they're young adults, they're running around, they got things to do. So and then of course I use Amazon for everything. I mean, because I can ship, you know, birthdays, um, you know, Christmas gifts, uh, starting college, little like, you know, swag bags. It's just it's so
0: awesome. So definitely Amazon should be your best friend if you find that you're out of state. Wow. <laughs> I love that point about really, you know, you're not always going to be kind of their first priority of them getting back to you right away and not really taking that personally. I definitely see how that changes with the ages because like my nine-year-old's like, she'll text me back right away and then she'll text me a lot and then she'll wonder why I'm not responding. Like, (laughs) where are you? And then the, you know, the 21-year-old is very busy, you know, school, work, all these things. So then she'll be like, hey, are you free this afternoon? I'll be driving home from work and, you know, I'll have a chance to call you and that sort of thing. So sometimes it's, you know, like us adults getting on our calendars. So that's a great point not to take that personally that they just get busy with life. So yeah. Mm -hmm. It doesn't
1: mean they don't love you. They still love you.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. Great. (laughs) And then when we were chatting before, you had shared that you're a different race than your nieces and nephews. Can you share more about what you've experienced being a different race and any conversations you've had with them about race?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, I am biracial. I'm half black, half white, and I was adopted into an all white family. So I literally was the black sheep of the family. I mean, I totally jokingly say that. I know it makes my family cringe when I say that, but I'm totally joking. I mean, you know, you have to have some fun with it. So I think you know, of course, ever since they were born, I've always, you know, they've just known me as aunt Deb. And I mean, my family, generally speaking, you know, is just very open and very culturally diverse themselves. So I don't think it was really a thing. Like we didn't make it a thing. So then the, those in their orbit, like their friends or their friends, moms or parents or whatever, didn't make it a thing because we didn't, you know, it wasn't like they introduced me as this is my black aunt Deborah. It was like, this is my aunt Deb you know? um. So that it's just, it's, you know, it wasn't until you and I kind of talked a little bit about that, that I was kind of gave it a thought. I thought, you know what, that's right. It wasn't really a thing. I, I feel funny answering that because it hasn't really been an issue, but I know that, you know, I'm not, I'm not dumb. I know that, you know, out there in the world, you know, when I do before, when they were younger, more so when they were younger and I would like take them places just to meet, you know, or I would babysit them and we go get something to eat or we go to the park or whatever. And, and it's like, yeah, I'm their aunt. Oh, oh, you know, you get that little like pause. Oh, oh, okay, okay, cool. You know, um, all right. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's been, it's like not a thing, but then it is. And I think, On the is side is that I would like to think that having a biracial aunt equipped them to have open minds and to not judge people by the color of their skin or make general assumptions or look at the world through like maybe help them look at the world through a wider lens because they were raised around somebody who didn't look like them, who didn't have the same experiences. And so I I would like to think uh, without putting words in their mouth, but I would like to think that, that having that in their own family has just maybe out there in the, in the real world, given them just a different perspective, like, Oh, okay, well my aunt, you know, is biracial and I'm not going to just like pin all biracial people into this category. Or if you look different than me, then you're this because my aunt wasn't like that. So, you know, maybe it'll help them kind of connect the dots. And and it might even be something that's just subconsciously. They don't realize they're doing it. Maybe not anything that they're really aware of. But I would like to think that having, you know, someone of a different race in their family and their immediate family helped kind of open their eyes a little bit and give them a different experience or a different perspective.
0: Yeah, that's really yeah. great. Yeah. That's awesome. And then you have a really cool, awesome career in higher education. So how has that helped you guide your nieces and nephews in their educational and career pursuits?
1: Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. It's it's like a blessing and a curse, actually, um, because on one hand, it's a blessing because they, from their perspective, it's like, ha, huh, I have an in. I have somebody I can kind of go to who can, I can kind of like get answers to. I have a problem. What's a good workaround? And then it's a curse because I do have that knowledge. So I'm like, what classes are you taking? When do they start? When do they end? Did, what could, did you pass? Are, why are you taking that again? Like, I know like <laughs> the questions to ask that the parents wouldn't, you know, I'm like, um, did you register for spring semester yet? Are you getting ready for finals? Isn't it finals week? What are you doing?" Like, you know, they're just like, no, you know too much about uh, college, stop, you know? So, uh, but no, it's fine. Um, it's it's really fun. And again, I think to circle back being an anti, um, the anecdote, it has helped me again, relate to them because once they, I always anticipated once they got to college that we would just connect differently because not only, you know, did I go to college myself too, but I'm actually still in that world. So all throughout the times that they went through college, it was really nice to also connect on that level. Like I make fun of the questions I ask them, but it was nice that I was able to ask them questions that maybe their parents weren't, because then it was like, oh, yeah, cool. Okay. And so, Aunt Deb, this is what's going on. Like, I could we found something else to connect about, something else to discuss. It wasn't just the usual, like, so what are you up to? You know, what classes are you taking? I just, I could look at it and go deeper with it. And that was really nice as well. Yeah, that's really yeah. great. I feel
0: like I've been out of school so long. I'm like, I don't know what it's <laughs> like anymore. <laughs> I don't know what you're supposed to do. So that's right. awesome that you have that connection. <laughs> And now let's talk about your podcast, Mm. which is called Have a Seat, Conversations with Women in the Workplace. Mm -hmm. And first of all, congratulations. You just recently had your 200th episode, which is awesome because I know how much work it takes to put together a podcast. (laughs) It's just so awesome that you've really put your voice out there and shared other people's voice by allowing them to tell their stories through your podcast. Can you share a little bit more about it? And then I know um, you also... We're able to get your niece on the show as well. So if you could talk a little bit more about that with us.
1: Oh, absolutely! Yes, yes. This is another reason why I'm so happy to be here because I love connecting with other fellow female podcasters. We have to stick together out there. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's it's basically the title: um, conversations with women in the workplace. I, I, from women from all walks of life, from you know, C-suite executives to you know, stay-at-home moms, military wives, lawyers, realtors, you name it, teachers. And I just it's coming from a place of what do you do and how did you get there and what do you see for yourself in the future. And uh, I also kind of sprinkle in some um, solo episodes. Like once a month, I'll grab the mic and hit that big red record button and just kind of give you some thoughts on like what's affecting me that month or what's what article I might have read that very next day or the day before or whatever. So, but yeah, it's been great. And so with that in mind, I did though want to interview, as I said, women from all stages of their career, not only what they did, but in their stages. And so I do... I have a category um, called Rising Stars, and that's where I want to talk to young women who are just launching, you know, who are just setting out. We all, we've all been there. And so, of course, as you know, start out in a podcast, you like, you start with your inner circle, like your mom, your sister, your neighbor, like you want to come on, you know? (laughs) Um, So my niece, of course, was the lucky one. She drew the short straw. And I'm like, Hey, but you fit into this category really well because I don't know enough. I guess you could classify her as millennial. Um, she's mid-20s. So I guess like, you know, that age group. And so um, I'm like, come on the show, tell me what you're doing. And at the time she was um, just going, she just started her master's program. So it was perfect. Cause I thought, you know, she's like, I don't have really a career. I'm like, no, you're pursuing your master's. That is a career, you know, that is incredibly difficult and it's so time consuming. It's like a career. So it was lovely having her on and Not only did I look at it from a podcaster's perspective, like, yeah, score one for me. I got a millennial on the show, you know, (laughs) um, but, um, quickly, you know, that, that transition to I'm, I'm an aunt having a conversation with my niece. And honestly, up until that point, we hadn't had a chance to really sit and talk about her master's journey. It was like, she graduated college, boom, 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 came home for the summer and then she was off again. So it was really nice from that, from an aunt perspective to actually talk with my niece, like in a dedicated space like this, like grab a microphone, sit down with headphones. I got you for 30 minutes, 30 minutes. I mean, that was huge. Right. Right. Um, so it was really, it was, I felt so blessed to have, that time with her, to sit with her, and to kind of ask her these questions, but under the guise of a podcast. So I think, again, I don't want to speak for her, but I think maybe for her, she also felt more comfortable answering because... It was like, Oh, I'm on a podcast, so I need to answer these questions. It wasn't like Aunt Deb just being nosy. It was like, there's a reason (laughs) why Aunt Deb is asking these things. Um, but then because it was me, I think she was comfortable as opposed to like sitting down with Heidi, who she, you know, doesn't know as well and maybe being a bit more nervous or whatever. So, and then of course we, you know, had those little sidebar conversations or little like inside jokes or whatever. So it was really nice on so many levels, like from an aunt perspective to get to know her and to hear what's going on with her life and have permission to ask those questions. And then. For her to like be a part of something that I started and to help me out and to kind of return the favor, um, and it was so cute because when we wrapped up and then when her show came to be live and I sent her the link and all the fun stuff and she's like, "This is so awesome!" I totally told all my friends about it because she was in a sorority at the time and she's like, "I told all my friends about it." (laughs) So, um, yeah, it was cute. So it was fun to have her like endorsement, you know, that a millennial thought it was cool. So I'm like, okay, I'm in. I'm I'm officially like approved, a millennial approved. So it was fun. It's been wonderful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's so cool. And you'll always have that episode you can listen to anytime. So yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yep. And do you have any other special memories with your nieces and nephews that you'd like to share?
1: I do. I do. And I'll, I'll tell one that, that kind of spoke to our previous question about the different race. Um, long time ago, when one of my oldest nephews was younger, young, young, um, out of diapers, but like still young. gosh, I don't even know what that is. Three? Maybe four? My dad was still alive at the time and he lived out of state. We were in California and he lived in, I wanna say Idaho. And so he wanted, you know, he's like, Hey, can can Cameron come up and see me for a weekend? I'd love to see him or whatever. And my sister, I think, was in grad school herself at the time. So she's like, I can't go. I'm in school. Would you mind taking Cameron up for the weekend? I'm like, sure, no problem. Cause I at that point I'd been up. To see my dad many times. So I knew, you know, like what to take and how to get there and everything. So I take my nephew, right? So I, here I am, you know, this biracial young woman, right? And with this toe head. I mean, there's a (laughs) blonder than blonde little boy, right? No, like nothing looks, I mean, we both have big brown eyes. I guess that's the only thing we could say we had in common, right? So there I go. Totally naive. Did the dude, get on the plane. Everything's cool. You know, I have his little like baby bag and his like Cheerios and his sippy. Like I have everything that was back in the day when you could take a bit more with you on the plane, you know? Yeah. And uh, so we get there, no problem. <laughs> well, we had a layover, sorry, let me back up. We had a layover in Salt Lake City before we hit, I think it might've been Boise we were going to. And, um, and it was evening when we landed, but because there was, we were late getting on in Orange County, therefore we were late arriving in Salt Lake City. So that meant, We missed our connecting flight. Um, So there I was, no luggage because it was checked on the plane, right? All I had was my purse and his little backpack full of goodies. And like, you know, I I think he had maybe like a T-shirt, like a change of clothes, like just a T-shirt or something. And I'm like what? You know, so hearing that from like the airline, you know, like, sorry, flight so and so you miss your flight connecting flight. Um Aww. I'm like, what am I gonna do? I'm in Salt Lake City with this child, you know, <laughs> that I cannot prove that I'm related to in any stretch of the imagination. And so I'm like, God. So um I, but the airline actually put us up in a, like a, a ho- holiday in express, like right next to the airport. um Cause again, it was late, you know, we're like, we're not yeah. going to be able to get you on another place. So. <laughs> but all we had was that. So I like, I checked in of course, there's nothing really around. And I was not going to go walking around with a child at night, you know, in in an unknown city, right? So I'm like, Cameron, we're just in, we're in the room together. And luckily, like I said, he had like little Cheerios and little like, you know, I think those fish, those like cheddar fish or whatever. (laughs) And so we like had our big feast of Cheerios and cheddar fish. And uh, thank God he had a little change of t-shirt, you know, so, but it was just, (laughs) I'll never forget it because then we got on the plane and got into Boise. My dad's like, yeah okay I'm like I guess so but I was like a wreck because I'm like this isn't my child you know and I'm sitting here in this unknown city and so um, but yeah it's just kind of a funny little uh, story so I always try to I always tease him about that like hey Kim you want to go he is now an airline pilot um, oh, and uh, wow. yeah <laughs> and his region is Salt Lake City so, or or like oh this gosh. region so yeah, yeah I gotta now that you just remember it now you made me remember and now I gotta tease him about that you have any layovers in Salt Lake by the way you know uh, <laughs> so So, but yeah, but yeah, the memories are many. I mean, that was just one that stood out. But yeah, I have memories with all my nieces and nephews. I have, my oldest is in Missouri. The second down is in North Carolina. And then it goes on from there. I have one in Boise or yeah, one in Boise. Actually, he lives in Boise now. How funny. Um, Washington State and, and Southern California, back in Cali. So that's where we're all. And then I'm in Nevada. So we're all, we're all over the place. Yeah.
0: A lot of fun places to visit, though. So. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> right. And then, what have you learned from your nieces and nephews? Oh man, um, you know, I think the first thing that comes to mind is
1: how to be fearless and and ambitious. Um, cause that age group, I'm telling you, you know, the ones coming up behind us, they're just not taking any, you know what, you know, I mean, they are just like, there's a door, they're kicking it down. They're like, why was there a door here in the first place? And what does this even, and they're questioning why the door was even built. And is it even like relevant to the house? I mean, they're just like, they're not, everything is like questioned and, uh, and in a good way, you know, and curious and how can we make the world better? And so I love that about them. Cause I don't think, my generation was quite that fearless. Um, I think there's a lot of us that maybe were, but then we also just went with the status quo because that's what you're supposed to do. Um, But I think this generation coming up behind us is not afraid to ask those questions and be fearless and to be fun loving also. And um, I think one of the top things though, is to have patience for my mom, like that's grandma, right? And so they're always like, oh, grandma is so funny. She blah, 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 or grandma this or grandma that. And I'm like, Really? Like, I just want to pull my hair out (laughs) when I'm around my mom. But like, you guys are like... Oh, grandma, she's this. So they, um, you know, they they make me look at my mom like through a more silly, maybe lens, and just a bit more patient lens because they see her in a different way. And so, um, you know, I mean, I love my mom. Don't get me wrong. And you know, I'm actually going to go see her this weekend. But you know how it is between mom and daughters. Just it's like, oh my god, you know, you're driving me nuts. But like, <laughs> what drives me crazy actually it makes them laugh. So I try to. So they give me a healthy perspective.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love your example about. The doors too. I hadn't really thought Mm. about that. Mm. Um, The way that they approach and look at life, and that's it's exciting and inspiring.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and it sounds like your nieces and nephews are a bit younger than mine. But so you're going to be able to see this, see if I'm right, like see what they're questioning and their observations of the world. Like, is that does that make sense? How much sense does that make? Well, gosh, you know what? You're right. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't even know why I co-signed on that. You know, it's like. (laughs) I just, but I love that. They make me think, and I love that. I think, you know, you need to get uncomfortable to grow. And I think they're right. brilliant at doing that, you know?
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And so, what do you think they've learned from you?
1: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, <laughs> tons of bad habits. No, uh, no, no, no. Um, I guess, like, you know, sarcasm, like sarcasm is my third language. Like I love, <laughs> so I think they've, attra- they've maybe learned how to be witty, but to be, you know, and to not take life so seriously. Um, and you know, that it's okay to kind of be not disrespectfully sarcastic, but just like, really, you know, like it's, you know, and I think they appreciate that in me because then it's like, okay, you know, you're the aunt. So you can kind of do that like shade every now and then, like to their parents, like with my sister, I'm always like, Dude, really? And I think they like that about me. Like, I can question their parents, but they can't. You know what I mean? Like, that kind yeah. of thing. Because it's like, well, that's my sibling. That's your parent, but that's my sibling. Like, you know. And I I always say, oh, my gosh, if you ever want to know the real story, come see me. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure, your mom was an angel at 21. No. I. If you ever want to know what she was really doing at the age of 21, come see me. Like, I am that aunt. Like, I will totally rat out all my siblings left and right. Because uh, I don't have children, so they can't hold it again. Me, right? They can't say, Well, I'm gonna tell. I'm like, oh no, I got the story. So if you ever want to know the real deal, just come talk to Ann Depp, she'll tell you, you know. Um, and then I
0: love that fear in their eyes. They're like, Oh yeah. my god, no. <laughs> exactly.
1: You know, you get that head shake from your sister, like, don't you dare, don't you dare. I'm like, so guess where your mom had her first beer? Let me tell ya. <laughs> you. <know? laughs> so but yeah but yeah so i i I think they maybe have learned that and then my husband and i early on in our marriage we moved quite a bit and so i think they probably sidebar realized and maybe that's why so many of them have moved because it's like okay i don't have to stay in one place i could actually build a life somewhere else and and still enjoy everything about what my new location has to offer so
0: yeah yeah that's awesome yeah do you have any advice for other ants?
1: Oh, gosh, yes. Um, Well, first of all, get yourself on this show because it's amazing. And subscribe and follow so you can hear other fun conversations. Um, But I guess... A kind to kind of put a red bow around what i've been kind of like dancing around is just to be open, be the one that's open, you know be the one they can turn to, be that adult because they have adults around them all all around them, all in their orbit that's that provides those boundaries that are wagging their finger that are the ones telling them no or you have to do it this way or whatever and so be maybe that one refuge where I'm not saying like be a free for all and don't ever have boundaries and rules, but just kind of be the one that that they know there's always an open door. But no matter what kind of shit you get in, you can have at least one adult in your life who you can kind of turn to and who won't judge, who will just sit and listen and who will keep your confidence. I mean, I know we've all been there or we've seen it, you know, like don't tell my mom, but I blah, 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 you know, and really take that seriously because they're coming to you. Look, it's so hard these days. I would not want to rewind 30 years and be coming mm-hmm. up right now. The world is so topsy turvy in so many ways, and we hear all the time about like being an advocate for mental health awareness. And our young people these days really, even though they may act like really cocky, and we see them on TikTok, and they're just like, but I think there's always moments where they they just struggle a little bit. Maybe they they misstep a little bit, or they just have those more introflective moments and questions and maybe confidence isn't so high. Maybe they are questioning what they're doing, where they're going. And if you can be just that one adult in their life that kind of gives them that safe space, um, that judgment-free safe space. Um, At least for a little while. I know, I mean, we're ants, right? And it's in our nature sometimes to be like, okay, you feel better? Now, here's what I think you should do. You know, I mean, we always revert (laughs) back to like, you know, the wagging finger syndrome, but I I just know that I had one or two ants in my life. Just, I can only count on one hand, you know, who I felt like I could call and really say anything to and know that I wouldn't quote get in trouble you know, that they would just listen. Sometimes I just need you to listen, you know, so be
0: that, be that aunt, be the one that always has that open door, that safe space. I love that. I think there's so much craziness in the world and to be that safe space for them is just a really important thing to focus on and give them. So that's awesome advice. So, yeah. mm -hmm. So thank you, Deborah, so much for sharing all of your amazing advice and all the fun stories. Uh, I think that is awesome. And I will share a link to your podcast in the show notes. So everybody go check that out. And uh, thank you again.
1: Great. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. This was a joy. Thank you so much, Heidi. I really
0: appreciate the time. Thank you for listening to Anecdotes. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest episodes. And also join us on our Facebook group to talk with other ants. You can join that group at facebook.com slash groups slash anecdotes. That's spelled A-U-N-T-E-C-D-O-T-E-S. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, email me at anecdotes at gmail.com.